welcome to the Two Months Podcast presented by Edmonton Truck Sales. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not joined by my other co-host today, Ryan Petrovich. Uh, Petro will be away on holidays for the next two to three weeks. Uh, he's doing some renovations and um, taking some time off. Um, I think he's going to BC here. So I'll be running things solo for the next two to three weeks. Today on the podcast, we have from the Edmonton Oilers Entertainment Group, Bob Stoffer. Uh, it was great to have Stoff on with us. Uh, it was a great interview, some great insight, breaking down the Oilers series, the Maple Leaf series, and the uh, Jets versus Flames series. Uh, I've known Bob for quite some time, so it was pretty great to, to interview him and uh, chat some hockey. Everything's getting back running up here pretty soon, so... Uh, we got some requests out for our next guest, uh, working on trying to get Craig Button and some other guys from TSN for our next episode. So we uh, hope to uh, have some news on that in the next uh, two to three days here. Uh, in the time time being, we'll just uh, be running with this Bob Stoffer interview. We hope everyone enjoys it. Um, we'll just pretty much just jump right into things right there. Um, just break things down with him. Not much of an intro until Petro gets back. They'll break things down with another co-host. Uh, someone uh, is looking to get on our podcast. Uh, you want to kind of jump on and get some experience, get some interviews in and ask some questions. Just uh, hit us up on Twitter. It's probably the best way to get hold of us at the Two Muds podcast on Twitter there. So we'll uh, can uh, mix some, some fans in, get some feedback and uh, get some other insights some good questions uh we're always open to to bringing new people onto the podcast and looking forward to uh building our brand uh pretty much each show we do so uh got some great great guests uh some great contacts with the with the league and uh obviously with the guys from sportsnet and tsn and uh some nhl teams too so um yeah so let's we'll get to this bob stoffer interview hope we uh we hope you guys enjoy it um appreciate the support and uh yeah the two months podcast is presented by edmonton truck sales edmonton truck sales is an amvic licensed dealer they specialize in all types of trucks pickup trucks diesel trucks, flatbed trucks, picker trucks, work trucks, service trucks, any truck you need. We also carry cars and SUVs. If we don't have it, we'll help you find it. We also have financing and leasing. Take advantage of our competitive prices. We are located in Edmonton, Alberta at 12531 127th Street or call us at 780-474-2174. Or you could check us out online at edmontontrucksales.com. Call Carm or Andy to get the best pricing you need and to get yourself into a great vehicle. You can also email us at edmontontrucksales at gmail.com. We are now joined by Bob Stoffer, the host of Oilers Now and Oilers Color Analyst. How are you doing, Bob? Good, Josh. How are you? 
Uh, good. Can't complain. Uh, we're getting after it tomorrow. As you always say, let's, let's get after it. So I'll take the words out of your mouth and I'm excited. You? I am. I mean, I'll be frank with you. Uh, it's been 19 plus weeks since the pause, Josh. And as you know, uh, you know, I've, I've hosted virtually every show uh, going in, well, 95 out of 96 live shows that we've done. We've done two best avoiders now. So, you know, we're in a situation where we didn't have any live sports for the last four plus months. And you have to get creative uh, and you have to have good guests on your show. Uh, you have to, you know, there's lots of information out there on COVID, but there's lots of statistical information. And, you know, Ched's a, a sports and uh, news superstation, right? Like it doesn't just carry the letters, but it carries the Edmonton football club yeah. as well as the news. So we got ourselves quite familiar with that. And uh, so it's, you know, I never, I never stopped working, right? It's not like I went away for, I took two or three weeks off or a month off. So, uh, yes, they're going to play again. I'm really excited about them playing again, you know, just to see the guys down at uh, the community arena the last uh, two weeks. The Oilers are in a different spot right now, Josh, than they maybe were in the fall. Um, there's a different degree of confidence in the fan base, the emergence of Ethan Bear and Kader Yamamoto up front. Uh, Broberg, for those people that have actually had a chance to see him, we got a lot of people commenting on him, uh, but for the people that saw him, I mean, he was just – I mean, exceeded the wildest expectations. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to play, but that's exciting. So uh, we get the preseason game against the Flames, and then we get the series against the Hawks. So it should be good stuff. Yeah. So what's, what's, let's kick off with the Oilers here. That's uh, our main focus, and let's jump right into that series uh, with Corey Crawford. You know, coming out saying that he had the coronavirus, and now he's back. He's here. Um, you know, does does that change the view? of your, of your mind of this series, you know, I, I think the Oilers came on here. I know that we had a couple months off, but the way these the Oilers look, the complexion that the team is, you've been hitting on, on Oilers now for the last two or three weeks since, uh, since we got going here, what's your view on this series coming up? Well, I think Chicago's a dangerous team. They know how to win. Uh, you know, Crawford was part of that group for two of their three Stanley cup championships. Uh, Cause I think Andy Niemi was the goalie for the first one. Jonathan Taze is a terrific center, and Patrick Kane's one of the 10 best players in the world. Duncan Keith's a veteran guy. Uh, they, you know, Strom and Debrinket were kind of underperformed what they did the year before. I think, you know, Troy Murray had told me that he thought the Hawks missed Artem Anisimov because it kind of uh, cushioned where Dylan Strom could play against. And so the bottom line is the fact that once – Yamamoto got recalled on December 31st, and McDavid and Drysaddle went to centering both lines. The team became a different team up front. And then Ken Holland went out nine games before the pause and brought in Ennis and Athanasiu. And I just, I know I brought this up before, Josh, but we were in Detroit on October the 29th, and I watched Detroit's morning skate, and then I watched ours. And I was like, like, Detroit's not a good team. The orders aren't fast enough. They're going to have to find a way to get some more speed. Well, um, Nygaard was out for that game. Now he's not all the way back yet. I mean, he's obviously skating in practice, could potentially be an option at some point. Uh, Yamamoto comes up just after Christmas. The orders trade for Athanasio and Ennis. They have a completely different look in the wings now than they had before and lots of different options, and they can play the game at a different pace. And then McDavid, to me, looks different than he did in the fall. So the one-two punch with David and Drysaddle down the middle, Drysaddle having that connectivity with Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins playing with David. Like, 
you're in a situation. Jonathan Tace can't play against both those guys. No. They're going to have to pick their poison. And that they, the fact that they don't have Anisimov there, sort of a second-line center to, to cushion where Strom plays, Edmonton has to win that matchup whenever Strom or Doc goes against either McDavid or Dreisler. They've got to win that matchup, five on five. Then there's the special teams. And you have a situation where – I mean, the Oilers had the highest combined, second highest combined special teams in NHL history, right? To the Islanders yeah. in 77, 78. Here's what I'd say to you. I think Edmonton's going to be a better five-on-five -five team than people realize. They got greater depth. I think they're going to be hard-pressed to be at the same level they were special teams-wise. I think logic – I mean, you know the game. Yeah. Logic just dictates that's going to be difficult to replicate. Uh, but I think the Oilers should feel confident. Uh, it's not the same Chicago team. And I know Edmonton – I can't speak for Chicago. I didn't see their practices. I never underestimate Patrick Kane or, or Jonathan Tays. But I know the Oilers' top guys, McDavid and Drysdale, are driving it. They're engaged, and they want to be here. They want to play. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see where this series goes. Yeah, do you think uh, – it's weird even saying this about a coming out party for McDavid, but just if you base on what he did last playoffs, he had, three, he had nine, nine points in 13 games. Um, I just think this guy's just going to knock the doors down here, um, you know, and you're probably going to agree with me on this, but I just think, you know, Elliot's, Elliot Friedman's been hinting at this. It's, we haven't seen the best McDavid yet, and I think we're going to uh, start. I hope so. Yeah. yeah I, I, I hope so. I mean, uh, did you watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Yeah, yeah, I did. It's crazy. And I think McDavid does that because, like, and it's, it's funny you say that because we were – I was hanging around Alexander Petrovich the other night and we were just talking about it before he went to BC and, and uh, he's just on some vacation, but he just said, he's like, I've never, I played with a lot of guys, but a lot of good guys. So he played with some pretty good players in Florida. And obviously he just said, McDavid is wired completely different. And he saw that the first game he played for the Oilers. And that was December 31st when he got traded here a few years back. And that was uh, against the Jets on a New Year's Eve game. And he just said he just did not see another player like that. And he compared him to watching that documentary with Michael Jordan. Yeah. I, you know, and I think that, you know, I, I like to think that I've got a pretty good sense of history in sport. And I had an appreciation for Jordan. I had no idea he was the stone cold unmitigated killer that he was. I'll tell you right now, like he had, Jordan had tremendous athleticism. Wayne Gretzky always underplays how quick of a skater he was, how he always got to loose pucks, how good his shot was. Like, he always makes it as though his physical tools weren't great. And you know what? Maybe by 1999, 2000, you know, yeah. uh, towards, towards the end of the 90s, maybe he didn't have, or 98, 99, or whatever the last year was, maybe he didn't have the most explosive physical tools. But when Wayne came into the league the first three or four years, like, he was he was a hell of an athlete. And I remember when he did that uh, Superstar Showdown and he blew away like Pele and Jordan Borg. And uh, Pele was older at that point, but Sugar Ray Leonard, he just crushed those guys in a 60-yard dash. He, you know, like Wayne played the win and Blaine, Wayne had that drive. But Wayne wasn't uh, – he'd tell you he wasn't a physical gift. Connor has sort of been – like Wayne kind of had to prove it a bit, even with the media and Connor, there's been Josh, there's been reverence with Connor since day one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like guys around, yeah. like, you know, when Derek in, in 1450, I know I've told the story, but Derek Roy told me, I asked him 
because I went to go see Connor play in Erie, and we were in uh, Pittsburgh. And I, I talked to Derek Roy the next morning. I said, you skated with McDavid. He goes, yeah. I go, how do you think, uh, you know, he'll do next year? And he goes, well, he could have played in the league this year. <laughs> yeah. And I go, I go, well, how would he have done? And he goes, he probably would have been a 70-point score in the full season, a year ahead of his age group. Like, it's just like, right. and, he, and he, you know, there, there's a guy that's played 700, 800 games in the National Hockey League that himself was a, you know, when Buffalo was good in 06, Derek Roy was their first-line center. You know, and he's just like, he's like, Bob, like this guy, there's nobody has the physical tools. Nobody can play at that pace and make those plays that he can make. But what's happened here, ironically enough, is because Leon has exceeded everybody's expectations. So much of the focus has been on Leon. And I think it's going to just drive Connor and make him better. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking the way you are. Yeah. I think we haven't seen the best of uh, what Connor might bring. Uh, that first playoffs, you know, I mean, he got worked over and abused in two rounds. The Oilers played two older heavy teams. Like game two and game three against San Jose, Zach Cassian was the Oilers' best player, you know, because it was heavy hockey, right? And and then against Anaheim, Kessler got away with murder, you know? And uh, they're like, you know, and it kind of it kind of made you what ha- wonder what would have happened if they'd still have had Hall because the Nugent Hopkins, Lucic, and Everly line were not effective in the first four games of that series. That's why I had to split them up. So, anyhow, that one-two punch with McDavid and Settle. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. You, you know lots of guys around the league. Where would they rate those guys in terms of the best players in the NHL? Yeah, a lot of the guys I talk to, even uh, they say they're, they're, they're right there. And, you know, for me, I, I've always kind of been – it's no secret. I've always been pretty hard on this organization and, and – uh, and, you know, for certain terms, but I'm coming around on that. I'm seeing a lot, um, you know, and with those guys, I just, uh, you know, McDavid, even Drysaddle, I was hard on Drysaddle. I said, you can't skate. And this guy is like, you know, like you've pointed out the stat. He scored 100 points the last two years. He's the only player to do that, right? So, or, or something like that um, category. So well, I, he is. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, uh, I just think uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's a view that that it's going to be hard to hard to stop, and obviously it's losing Seabrook, and Seabrook isn't Seabrook anymore. But I just think, you know, they got shafted. I think Dallas should have been in their spot, and the Oilers should be playing in that round robin. But whatever, that's a topic for another day or whatever. But well, you can make, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. make this thing. You know, like Edmonton and Toronto were two of the teams that kind of, you know, were in a better spot in reality. Like I think the Oilers were ninety five percent chance to make the playoffs. I mean, and I know that you follow the Leafs. Over the Leafs, they were over 90% to make it. Yeah, yeah, and they were. And to come back to that as a Leaf fan and and a guy that's supported them for so long, listened to Overdrive and our connection with Noodles coming on our podcast. And, you know, for so long, he's going to go through with, you know, Hayes and O'Dog kind of were seeing it the way I did. And then it took this year where Jeff O'Neill was pushing Dreisaitl. And he he finally gave him the compliments that he needed. And I think he got it. I I still think McDavid got shafted on some of the awards. And and it's going to suck because Elliot's talked about it before where are we going to look back when Connor's career is done and early in his career, are we going to look back and say, you should have won this and should have won these awards. And I know that he doesn't care about the personal awards, but, you know, it's a nice thing. But I just think the look that these guys are going to bring, the coaching staff, um, I want to hit on this too, is the defenseman. I think the Oilers' D is better than it's ever been in you know, a very long time, maybe ever in the organization's history. Um, you've been covering this team forever, so like, get your thoughts on that. Obviously, we can 
Well, I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't seen a 19-year-old defenseman look like Broberg, you know. And so they got a top four. Bear has been like, look, when it came to Leon, I thought Leon could be 25 goals, 75 points, okay? And I wanted Edmonton to draft him, and I know I've mentioned this to you before. Corey Clouston had him in Prince Albert. Uh, I did Corey's games at the U of A. I used to still skate with the Bears three-on-three three when mm-hmm. they had ice at Christmas time and at the end of the season when guys wanted to play. And I remember asking Corey because Dakota Conroy had scored 30 goals with PA in 2013-14. And I thought, well, I, geez, he'll, there's 30 goal score that U of A is going to want. He goes, well, that kid's going to, you know, good kid, but he's going to be hard-pressed to play at the U of A. Okay? Yeah. And I go, well, come on. He scored 30 goals. And he goes, stop. He played on Dreisaitl's line. He goes, you could score 20 on that line right now. And I'm like, the 1990-91 me when we met? He goes, No the 240 pound you right now. Cause he would find you. The guy is unbelievable on his back. And he, but I thought he was going to be 25, 50, 75 who in their right mind. Yeah. Like I thought Nugent Hopkins, to be honest with you in his draft year, I thought he could be an 80 to 85 point guy. Yeah. Right. Cause he's so good on the power play. Like when I could see him playing red deer, he was, and I, it, but, and you know what, ironically, He's unequivocally a first-line player on the power play, and he's a second-liner at even strength. But now they got him in the right spot because now they got him on the wing. So it doesn't matter if he plays with McDavid or Dreisaitl. That's a first line with whoever he plays with. And uh, he'll be an important guy for the Oilers to sign moving forward. But, you know, I didn't realize Leon had that kind of upside. And when I looked at the defense with Bear, who knew? But what a draft in 2015. Like, the Oilers made a you know a couple pretty controversial – Pete Chiarelli made a couple controversial trades there. I mean, the end result speaks for itself of the Reinhardt deal in 2015, the, the Hall trade for Larson. But they drafted Caleb Jones in the fourth round, as you know. They got Bear in the fifth, and they got Marino in the sixth. Like, yeah. they drafted three NHL defensemen after round three. And uh, Jones, you know, is still trying to push in there in a full-time duty. He's already got a contract next year. Bear, in my opinion, of the top four, was the best defenseman at the training camp. Um, you've got Larson, uh, you know, still here for another year. Obviously, Clefbaum and Nurse on the left side with Jones uh, moving forward in the future. And then and then you got Bear and Larson. And I haven't even brought up Broberg and Bouchard. And I actually think Broberg has the highest ceiling of all those guys. Yeah. Your point about the deep – I think they've got the long-term makings of the best defense that they've had. We'll see if it comes to fruition. But I think Oilers fans should be more excited right now than at any other time about where they can go because they've got the one-two punch down the middle with two of the five best players in the world or two of the four best players or maybe the two best players. And then they've got defense. And then they've still got Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. So they got to draft the forward and they got to get a uh, they got to get something for Pulley But they've got the makings. Like you're a Leafs guy. The Leafs tied up $33 million. Um, in Tavares, who's not a great skater, Matthews, who's a stud. He's yeah. a stud. He's gonna he's gonna win a Rocket Richard trophy more than once. He can flat out shoot the pill. You know, he's gonna be a top five scorer. And Marner is a higher end version of Jordan Everly. Don't forget, Jordan Everly had 34 goals and 76 points yeah. second season in the NHL. Like Marner is a better version of that. So, but you know, Leafs defense, I mean, I like Riley. Um, they got a lot of, I mean, uh, CC and Barry are both unrestricted free agents at the end of the season and they don't have a lot of cap space. Um, 
have they re-signed Muzzin yet? Or yeah, is he and I, and I was just going to get to that. Yeah, they did re-sign Muzzin like a week or two before this pandemic hit, and I, you know, I think it's around five, five years and five point five million. So uh, maybe that contract doesn't hurt them next year, but it might hurt them down the road just because he's a heavier foot guy, right? But um, but, but they've got two really. I mean, there's two really good lefties there, right? Between yeah. between uh, right between Riley and and like I would say Riley's got, got a way higher offensive ceiling than both Clefbaum. Or a nurse, but who do they got on the right side? I mean, are they, you know, and, and well, I know Justin, they got Sandine. Justin, yeah, Justin Hall, but Sandine, Sandine's a lefty. Um, they got Timmy Lilligren, but he's a right. He's a righty, but I don't. I don't know if there's a player there. Um, you know, it's. Do you have the same confidence in Toronto's defense long term that you do in Edmonton's? Yeah, no, I like the Oilers. I like the Oilers more, um, and a lot of it too is we had Craig Button on last year on my podcast, and you know, at the start I compared. Uh, useful Valamaki to Philip Roberg, and he kind of agreed to that. And it's going to be interesting because I'm going to get him on this weekend, I think. And it's going to be interesting. I want to see what he thinks on that now because obviously Valamaki hasn't played in 15 months, and Tree Living was talking about that today, and he's still at point one. But you know, I think the Oilers' defense is the strongest thing, and we haven't even hit on uh, Matt Benning. And uh, Matt Benning gets a lot of flack. Besides, you you don't give it to him, but uh, and you know the game better than anyone I know. Um, but uh, you know he's a he's a plus player in how many in the last three years for the Oilers. I don't think he gets enough credit, and he's got a contract that's due. He's gonna need a deal. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if the Oilers walk away from that. I don't know. That's another topic we can hit on is how many guys you think we're gonna see these organizations walk away from you know salary arbitration hearings just because this cap well the one the, the one thing that uh, is true in a cap world uh, and you know this uh, Josh is that you do have to walk away from good players I, I'm gonna assume the orders make Benning an offer and it might be a multi-year offer but in an 81 and a half million dollar cap, can they go to two million bucks? He needs to be qualified at one, you know, he's at 1.95. Yeah. So he needs, needs to be qualified at like 2.2 million. Right. So, and, and if you've got Bouchard and Benny uh, Bouchard and Brober coming, you know, that's, if it were me, I'd find a way to keep him for at least a year, put it that way. Cause I don't, I want, I, I want Bouchard when we get going again in 2021 and we're going to need fans to get going in 2021, yeah. be the NHL or the AHL. I want Bouchard and Lagason to be the first pairing on the farm. And you may have to, like with Lagason, you might have to do a, a, a two-year deal as well, and maybe a two-way for the first year and a one-way for the second, right? You might have to do something like that because you're also going to have to have a guy that's eligible for the uh, expansion draft. And, you know, Caleb Jones would be eligible as well. The others, the, the point you're making is they've got way more depth than they've had on defense. It's funny. They had wingers. They didn't have centers. Then they ended up with three centers. Well, now the defense are starting to catch up to those centers. And that, you know, that's going to, that, like, I'll tell you point blank. I probably talked to six guys last two weeks that said Edmonton and Colorado are going to be the two teams to watch in the West. Yeah. Now, Colorado's got Macari's brilliant, right? He's really special. And then they got Bowen Byram, who's been in a tough situation in Vancouver, but I think he's a hell of a prospect. You know, those guys are probably seen combined as, you know, I mean, Macari's already done it. So most people would say, well, their guys are better than the two Oilers guys, but the two Oilers guys are six foot three and six to six foot two. Yeah. And so does that, you know, and Edmonton's already got, you know, Clefbaum and Nurse and Bear that are going to be long-term part of their group. So it, they, they should be excited. Toronto's going to be, you know, it's interesting with Toronto. Like I, I know we talked about this last year. I had to leave speeding Boston. 
Yeah. Like I just you didn't think Cad two years in a row you had that. You, right. You, but I didn't expect Cad I didn't expect Cadre to get uh tossed out of both series, get suspended in both series. And yeah. you know what? How how long did those series go between Toronto and Boston last year? Yeah, they both, both seven, won game seven. They're both seven games. Yeah. And I remember you telling me after that series was over. And I think it was in the second round you told me, and then obviously you re, you said it in the second round. Then you and you kind of obviously went the first the Seneca final, but you're like, if Toronto beats Boston last year, Toronto's in the Seneca final against St. Louis, and you called it. Obviously, it didn't happen, but you you were you were picking on it. You 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 were right, right on the head, and I think that would have done good for them. But it's interesting that these guys, uh, you know, they just can't get over it. I think this is gonna be a tough series for them. Well, I mean, they got Nylander at seven million bucks too, on top of those other four guys, right, or other three guys. So that's yeah. forty million dollars for four forwards. They've got, you know what? Like they've got good depth at forward. Like, you know, uh, what was a Russian kid that we saw? Ilya Mikheyev. Yeah, yeah you know, and and then Janssen, who's been a little bit banged up, right? So they've they've got they've got some forwards that can. That team can skate up front. The question is, can they play playoff hockey? This is going to be like the, the Toronto Columbus series for me. That's like I'm watching that series in the East, yeah, and and then I'm watching Winnipeg and Calgary in the West. Yeah, I because uh, I think those are like Calgary and Winnipeg. I think are two pretty good teams. Uh, and when you look at like, I remember saying, <laughs> I won't say to what level, but when Edmonton played Detroit in 06, I told a couple people at Detroit's organization, the orders are all wrong for you. You know how sometimes yeah, boxers, yeah. one yeah. boxer, one yeah. boxer's all wrong. Like this guy's all wrong for you right now, Rock. He's all well. The Oilers, that Oilers team in 06, that was a way better team than people. They were a really good five-on-five -five team. They didn't get stops, and then they got Rollison. And now they're playing Detroit, a team that hadn't totally committed to how Babcock wanted them to play. And they had some older veterans. They had some issues during the season that year with some older guys that were pushing back a bit. And they didn't, they didn't dig to the point that Edmonton was willing to dig in 06. It wasn't just goaltending. It was sacrifice. And the only way Columbus can beat Toronto is if they get to that same place that Edmonton got to against Detroit. Because Toronto's got more skill. And if Toronto matches the work rate against Columbus, they're going to win the series. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I never realized Tortorella. Like when I thought he was done in Vancouver. Yeah, and Josh, that got—it's pretty amazing what he's accomplished the last couple. Yeah, of years. he's up for his third Coach of the Year award. It's crazy. He's already won two. Yeah. He's up for his third. So, let's finish up on this with the Flames and Jets. There, um, obviously, Travis Hamonic, a guy I, I know here, and um, I think it's a big loss for them. I don't know where you stand on on losing the Flames, losing him here with uh, not coming back to play, obviously for family reasons, which is understandable. But uh, where do you where do you stand on that? Well, everybody, see, it's funny. Everybody thinks that um, everybody thinks Winnipeg's got the advantage because of Hellebuck. Yeah. And you know what? I'd say Calgary would have had a definite advantage on defense if they had Hamannick. I think that that advantage gets mitigated against a bit. Winnipeg's better. What do you think? Is Winnipeg better? I think Winnipeg's better at forward, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think, I think they they got the five players. Obviously, Nick Nikolai Ehlers hasn't really performed that well in playoffs in the past, uh, so the heat's going to be on him. But also, you can look at the same in Calgary, right, for their for their top guys. But um, in Ehlers, you probably look at it, he's probably the, maybe the fifth best forward out of that group. Um, you know, like it's uh, – I think their depth is better. Um I don't know if Letescu's coming back. I think that gives them a good element on the fourth line. But 
Um, you know, and a guy like you that you know very well, Derek Ryan, I think, uh, you know, that's huge for him. I, it's, I think it's going to be, obviously, the guys are going to drive at the top lines, but I just wonder how good the bottom six guys are going to do and how, if that's going to be the difference in the series, too. Well, clearly this year, Winnipeg's had the better goalie. Calgary, in my opinion, has got the better defense. Like Josh Morrissey can't play every minute. No. Uh, you know, Giordano's still a heck of a competitor. Um, sneaky dirty <laughs> sneaky dirty man I tell you guys guys like that you have to cross check when you get a chance you know you got to mm -hmm. stick them you got to give it to them when you give it get an opportunity I you know I would have loved for him to have been an oiler he's an awesome player yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Hannafin can really skate on the back end they picked up Gustafson don't forget another guy that can transition it uh, so I'll give Calgary the advantage at, at uh, defense and I think at forward I mean Kyle Connor too. I mean, that's that's a guy that the Flames. They don't have a guy like that. Like that guy was coming on big time at the end of the. You know, like yeah, he's he's going to be a forty goal scorer. So I guess you know what? To me, that's a pickup series. That's a tough. I think it's going to be a great series. I I hope the Oilers and the Hawks. I, I hope the Oilers take care of business because uh, I think it would, yeah, it, I think it would help them. Uh, but in terms of Calgary and Winnipeg, like I expect Toronto to win in four. I expect Pittsburgh to win in three over Montreal. Uh, I expect I'll, I'll say Edmonton in four. I, I'm not trying to be too much of a homer, but I think the Oilers win in four. To me, Calgary Winnipeg's got five games written all over. Yeah, yeah, I'm, got, I'm kind of surprised too because I listen to your show a lot and listen to the Sirius XM there, and it, pretty much that whole station is against Edmonton. It's crazy. <laughs> There's like one, maybe one host on there uh, that's uh, that's going for the Oilers, and I just it's amazing that uh, you know I, they're getting the flack there, but I just think it's you know it's good for the Oilers and just go in. Uh, you know, player series, obviously, and you said it the other day, probably yesterday on Oilers Now, you said uh, there's a difference between being full and being hungry. And I think, uh, I, think yes. the Oilers, I think the Oilers are hungry, and I think Chicago's a bit full. So uh, that's uh, I, 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 hope, I hope that's the case, because I, I hope Edmonton can capitalize it. I know there's a guy named Mike Kelly that does some work with Craig Button, uh, strong analytics work, and like Chicago's defensive zone play was really they were the worst in the league in terms yeah. of giving up grade a scoring opportunities and we i mean that's one thing we haven't talked about but one of the things that i personally underestimated this year i didn't know what kind of coach tip it was like i think todd's a good coach todd mcclellan's a good coach yeah uh, you know he's you're a good coach when you get hired a couple times because it's a sign that other guys around the league value your coaching acumen and tip it uh you, you know you got the number one power play the number two pk we, he didn't have the horses to have a strong five-on-five -five game. They got a better chance now. Um, the, but it would be really intrigued to see what they, uh, you know, they're, they're, part, they're part of the equation here, Josh. So my son's, uh, my son's beckoning to call here. So, uh, no but anyways, we'll, 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 we'll finish we'll up on that. So uh, we'll sure. finish up on that. So, um, you know, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, uh, reach out anytime. Yeah, no, it's uh, meant a lot. I look up to you. So, uh, it's an honor to. You need, you need you need to raise your standards, Josh. Exactly. I guess so. Eh? So, all right. Well, uh, keep in touch. Stay safe, and we'll be tuning in. So, hey, thanks a lot, man. We'll plug you tomorrow. Thanks. Okay, perfect. When you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. 
Pete's concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. 